All right, so many of you in here have had at least one job in your life, and I have two. I've actually had several jobs. Um, <clears throat> I've worked at a video store for two different stores. I've worked in three different restaurants. Um, I've done a lot of babysitting. And my two favorite jobs are my role as pastor to families um, here. That coincides with my responsibilities as school-age program director across the way. And also my job at Golden Bell as a summer staffer. But that's not the jobs I want to talk to you about today. The other job that I had was I worked for a jewelry store. And I learned a lot of interesting things about jewelry and about people. Um, I love working and cleaning people's rings. I know that sounds really weird, but that was one of my favorite things. My other favorite thing was getting to know people and, and hear their stories. Why are they buying the jewelry? Who are they buying it for? Um, but I was really bad at that job, <laughs> like really bad at that job. Um, I don't think I ever made a sale over $5,000, which when uh, your coworkers are making that in a week, it's kind of discouraging. Um, and, and one of my coworkers, she would make easily $10,000 a week, if not $10,000 in a sale on average. So that's kind of discouraging, right? But the worst part was that I was asked to ask people to sign up for credit cards to buy jewelry. I was bad at that. Like, I was really bad at that. Um, so bad that my boss's boss was like, hey, Kathy, I'm going to need you to let her go because she can't do her job. Uh, we'll say that it, clearly I'm not meant for a job in sales, especially in jewelry sales. And frankly, the jewelry store didn't benefit from me being e there either because I wasn't pulling my own weight. I was not part of that body. But there is a part of the body that I am a part of. Um, join with me today in reading from today's scripture out of Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought to, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to each other. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Please join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask you today to break down the barriers that divide us from one another. Unite us in our faith in you as Lord and Savior. Grant us compassion and humility in our relationships. Help us to bear each other's burdens and give room for each other's oddities. Release the gifts that you have given to each one of us so that in us and through us your kingdom might come and your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. So you can see the screen says, what are we waiting for? And that's what we just came out of, and we're still there. Um, and the answer of, of Advent was, what are we waiting for? Well, we're waiting for God to come and to recreate the world or to transform, bring hope, restoration, um, to renew. We were waiting for Christ to bring renewal to the world. And he has done that, and he is still doing that every day. But he can't 
he, he can do that alone if he really wanted to, but he doesn't do that alone. Um, and we have a role to play, and I'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but last week, Pastor Tanner talked about how Jesus is the light in the dark place. He talked about how, um, what the church has done to be a light in the world through showing us pictures and telling us how we have engaged in worship to him and as we serve a dark and broken world. Um, he, he highlighted ways that we have been bringing our gifts to the table throughout the last year. This week, we're going to continue to explore how God brings or uses gifts in us and through us. So here's the question. Who are you and how do you fit? That's the question we're going to wrestle with today. Who are you and how do you fit? Paul was writing the church in Rome, which wasn't yet an established church. It was a church of new believers who were beginning to organize and trying to figure out what life as a Christian body would look like. They didn't have a church model to follow because if there was a synagogue nearby them, they probably didn't attend it regularly. And on top of that, we've, we've read in scripture that the synagogue was full of corruption. It was full of not great glorifyingness to God. Um, and not every synagogue was that way, but for the most part, through their structure, that's how it went. Um, so they didn't have a model to follow, and they were like, Paul, what do we do? How do we do this? Um, they were people who had been transformed by Jesus, and they just wanted to continue spreading the gospel to the, the city of Rome. They wanted to help the broken and the poor and the needy in their city, and they needed some guidance of how do we do this as a group of people. Uh, they, didn't, they didn't want to just gather once a week to worship. They wanted to move beyond their, their gathering. They wanted to be the people to the kingdom, or to the community. Um, but they were all different. They had different talents. They had different strengths, different gifts. And they were trying to figure out how to use those to, bring the, or to fulfill the mission. Um, Paul's letter was meant to encourage them. It wasn't a, a way of like looking down on them, saying, you're not doing your job. It was, it was his way of saying, hey, let's do this. Let's spread the gospel. Let's be the people for the, for the kingdom of God. And he listed seven key gifts of the church as a way for them to have a launching point to what ministry would look like. How do they fit, fulfill the kingdom needs? Um, and he wasn't saying that everybody has to have all seven gifts. And I'm not saying the same thing either. We are not all gifted with all seven things. He was saying this so that people would know and understand that their gift has a role and has a place. Um, if everyone had all the gifts, then we wouldn't need the church and, and uh, yeah, everyone would be fighting on their own. And as we all know, it's not good to be alone. Loneliness is not great. Um, but everyone having different gifts so they could work to, as a team to build the kingdom of God. Um, before they discover what their gift is, Paul tells them that they need to look at themselves in sober judgment, or with sober judgment. So what is that? What does it mean to look at ourselves with sober judgment? Well, it's to look inside. It's to see who am I, really? Who am I at the heart of things? But beyond that, it's allowing the Holy Spirit to work in you and through you to discover those things. Um, the Holy Spirit does a lot of good work in, in you as a person, in you individually. 
So when we allow the Holy Spirit to analyze us, we can look at ourselves as sober judgment and to see who we are at our core, not who we want to be, not who we're pretending to be, not who we're denying we are, but really who we are. It's an honest evaluation of you, which can be hard. It can be scary when we allow the Holy Spirit to do that. But what a glorious thing when we do. Um, when we allow the Holy Spirit to do this, he, we will understand what our gifts are, how to use them, and, um, or, and how to use them for the church, for the city, for, for where we're at. But also, it'll help us to realize that our gifts aren't just for us. I want you to hear that who you are isn't just for you. Our gifts aren't just to keep to ourselves. They're used to honor God because he created us. So we need to spend time with God to discover who we are as individuals, what our quirks are, and what areas we need to work on. Once we've gone through our sober judgment evaluation from the Holy Spirit, we will find not only out who we are, but we will also find out what our role is within the church. As a follower of Christ, I am who I am created to be, but I cannot be that person without a community of faith. I can't be me without you. The church cannot benefit from me if I don't, if I don't use my gifts either. So it's a two-way street. I need the church, and the church needs my gifts, right? Um, the, uh, otherwise, I'd be like a severed toe. Now think about that. If you don't have a severed toe, or if you don't have a toe... That's weird, right? But can a toe be a toe without a foot? Yes. And can it function as a toe if it's not attached? No. Again, it's vital that we remain a part of the body and we use ourselves in that body. In order for Christ to thrive, we, need, we are interdependent on one another. In order for us to thrive as individuals, we must be interdependent on the body of Christ. All right, so here's another analogy for you. I don't know anybody who doesn't love a good taco, right? Tacos are fantastic. In fact, when I was pregnant with Rosemary, I craved tacos more than I craved them any other time, right? For a taco, you have to have some form of shell, whether it's flour or corn. Each person has their preference, right? You have to have some sort of meat into stuff inside of it, whatever your preference is. And you usually most people want cheese on top, right? Now, if you take any of those components away... Is it a taco? No, it's just a shell, meat, and cheese. But in order for it to be a taco, you need all three of them to, to work together to create that goodness, right? But I digress. <laughs> Let's take a look at the seven gifts Paul does mention. Um, again, I want you to keep in mind that when Paul says this, he's not saying these are the absolute seven gifts that every church must have. This is a launching point. Everyone is gifted differently, and this is just a way to start the creative thinking or the creative juices for the Romans to be able to know how to be the church in Rome. So we're going to start with the gift of prophecy. Now, most of the time when we hear prophecy, we actually think like Isaiah or Ezekiel, where they get visions from God and they interpret those visions to people. Um, Or we think of John receiving the revelation from the angel giving a a warning about the world ending, right? But that's not the form of prophecy that Paul is using here. 
what Paul is meaning here is that, um, sorry, it's discerning what the Holy Spirit is up to and declaring God at work in it. Pastor Tanner did a wonderful job of that last week of discerning what the Holy Spirit was up to in our church and proclaiming it to us. Um, Paul is meaning that the, a prophet is more of a preacher and a pastor. The gift of service is not just attending church on Sunday morning, right? So this is our worship service. This is an act of us doing something to honor and glorify God as a group together. But it goes beyond that. Service is about hospitality. It's about connecting with people. Um, It's about working within the church and the community to provide what other people might need. So hosting a small group, providing food and shelter, serving through food pantries, providing charity, the list can just, it continues. Um, So that's service. The gift of teaching within the community is more than just telling people about what you've learned. It's more than just reading something and then reiterating it. But instead, it's finding new and creative ways to hear God's word and then to reproduce God's word for people to understand. Um, And sometimes that's done through Sunday school or through lovingly correcting sinful behavior, providing guidance, um, instructing in God's words, creatively engaging in traditions of the community. That's what service is about. Or not service, teaching is about. Taking what we know from God and reimagining it to reach the world around us. Those gifted with encouragement encourage one another. We often think of encouragement as like, hey, yeah, you did it. Good job. Woohoo. But encouragement is not just that. Encouragement is when somebody is feeling down or burdened or overwhelmed, walking alongside that person and saying, I'm going to do this with you. I'm going to help you to get through whatever it is that you are struggling with today. Um, I don't know if any of you guys have ever been encouraged by, in, in that manner, but that's really what Paul is meaning with encouragement. And then the gift of giving is beyond our 10%, right? So we're all called to tithe. We're all called to, to give back to the church, but those with the gift of giving, it goes way beyond that. Those with the gift of giving give either above and beyond their, their financial ability. They um, give their knowledge, their skills, their time, their energy, their possessions. They give their resources. That's really when Paul is saying those with the gift of giving, give. Those of you that have something to give and you want to give it, give it. And likewise, though, in that, or not likewise, but within that, they don't ask for anything in return. They literally give just to give. And we all know at least one person like that, and maybe you are that person. And finally, those with the gift of mercy show mercy. Those with the gift of mercy see the broken in our society and extend a hand of compassion. They don't show compassion because they have to, but they do it cheerfully. They do do it joyfully because they want to. They're call, or they take care of the poor, the sick, the needy, the elderly, and the disabled. With this, they also are, are diligent about accommodating people given their quirks and their faults and their, their weirdness, right? 
People with mercy see people that don't fit into society and say, I'm going to love you anyway. So again, this is not an exhaustive list, but it's a starting point to create or to breed creativity of your gift. When we as Christians participate in using these gifts and other gifts to better the church and the community, we participate in what is called social holiness. So we know what holiness is. Holiness is being righteous before God, being who we are with God. Um, Social holiness goes beyond that. It's when we as a group of believers use our gifts and talents to bless the church and the community. It's when we as a church come together and, and don't let sin hinder us from building the kingdom of God. But when we as a church come together and let the Holy Spirit root out what's wrong within the church and within the community so that we can build the church, so that we can build the kingdom of God, so that we can build our communities we live in. It's not competitive. God did not give us our gifts so that we can be better than somebody else. God gave us our gifts so that we can work together. My gift complements your gift because I'm not good at what you're good at. So why should I be better than you? We can't compete. It's like, think of this, McDonald's versus Microsoft, right? They're not competitors at all, but they are both, in in today's society, they're both giants in our economic world, right? McDonald's cannot be Microsoft, no matter how hard it tries, and Microsoft cannot be McDonald's, no matter how hard it tries. It's the same with us. God gave us our gifts to work together, to complement each other, so that we, as individuals, as the Church of the Nazarene, and even as our neighboring churches, might be blessed and bless others through God's goodness and righteousness, and with that, that we might bless Battle Creek and the greater Battle Creek area. But our effectiveness as our church and individuals is also not based on our own performance. It's based off of God's work within us and, God's depend- or, and our dependency on God to perform those good things. Um, I wasn't going to put this in here, but I'm going to. So many of you might not know this. I don't like public speaking. I, I just don't. But when I'm up here preaching the word... That's the Holy Spirit working in me and through me. I am not afraid to be up here preaching the word because I know the Holy Spirit is at work with me in this moment. When you allow the Holy Spirit to be with you and with what you're supposed to do, it eradicates all the fear that you might have. We, the church, cannot be the church without our participation, and you cannot fully be yourself without participating in the church. It is important for us to remember that no gift is more important than any other because each of our gifts is given to us by God. The good news is we already have several ministries in our church. We've talked about them a few times, but we do, and I'm going to talk about them again today, right? So we have four pastors on our, in our church and, and a worship team that Hannah leads, right, that, that participate in the gift of prophecy. So what do I mean by that? I mean that Pastor Tanner, Pastor Will, myself, we get up here and we preach to you guys throughout the year. Pastor Hannah and her worship team, they, they get 
word from, the, from God or an understanding from God and they get up here and they declare that with their voices or in the background, they declare that with how they are diligent to make sure that they're on top of it so that there's no glitches and we can, we can see the words, we can hear clearly and we are more free to worship God, right? So our worship team and our, our pastoral team, we take the word of God, we discern it and we give it back out to you guys. Um, the next one is we have several who are gifted with the gift of service. We have um, te- different teams of volunteers who are gifted with service through His Hand Compassionate Ministry Center. Um, if you're interested, if that's something that you want to do, if you feel like you want to serve the poor and the broken in our community, reach out to Peggy May. Say, hey, Peggy, I'm interested in this. Others are gifted in hospitality by inviting people over for meals or paying for other people's meals when they go out to eat. Um, But again, that's just not everybody's cup of tea. And if that's not yours, there's more. We have a couple teams gifted with the gift of teaching. Um, We have various teachers who meet and do connect groups throughout the week or um, throughout the month. They take the word that is given on a Sunday morning so they take what they've learned and they alter it and they give it back to the connect group that they meet with regularly, right? Um, and not alter it as in like change it, but they, they find ways to creatively bring about the sermon, okay? Um, we also have a team that teaches Sunday school and nursery every Sunday morning. Teaching is what they feel like the Holy Spirit is guiding them to do. If that's something that interests you, talk to to Jessica about it. She would love to get you connected in teaching. If you have, um, or we also have over 20 employees at First Kids Learning Center who are gifted in teaching, a few of whom are sitting in this room right here. And if you are interested in serving through the day, or serving the daycare, talk to Cindy. She would love you, by the way, right? These teachers creatively teach, guide, and instruct, and correct their children on a daily basis. So I think the gift of teaching is pretty prevalent in our church also. We have individuals gifted with the gift of encouragement who show up when someone in the congregation is discouraged. Um, That's through sending out mail. That's through taking the the discouraged out to coffee or, or dinner. That's through inviting them over and just sitting with them in their pain. Um, we have gift or individuals who are gifted with giving and give generously through tithe who donate to the food pantry and the daycare use their vehicles to do pantry pickups and give away all of their extras just to benefit somebody else we have individuals gifted with leadership most of whom sit on your church board and do things like take care of church properties or tend to the ministries of the church if you are interested in helping take care of the church grounds talk to Tom you would love to help you, have your help. Um, and we have others who are gifted with the, the gift of mercy. These people care for the needs of others in our congregation. They show up to the hospital when somebody is sick or they visit those that are stuck in their homes and they grieve alongside the brokenhearted. If this is something you're interested in, that's Pastor Will's job. See him. I'm sure he would love help because there's a lot of people that just frankly need somebody to come and be with them. Um, you are all gifted. Every single one of you in this room is gifted with something, right? I am not you, you are not me, you are not each other, therefore we are not the same. 
Our gifts, our talents are not the same. Each of us has a place here. We have a place in this church. We have a place in Battle Creek. We have a place in the greater Battle Creek area. Who you are matters. What God has gifted you with matters. Without each of you, we could not exist as a church. I want you to hear that again. Without you, we could not exist. Because each of you plays a role. You are a part of the body of Christ. You are a part of this church. You belong here. And likewise, church, so I'm talking to all of you again, but in a different context. I'm talking to all of us as though we are one body, one person. Every person in this room matters. Every person in this room has something to bring to the table. Get to know them. Get to know their gifts. Help them to fulfill their gifts within this church. Why? Because we are the church of the Nazarene here in Battle Creek with a mission to go make disciples in the world. And we as a church have the ability to make an impact. But we can't make an impact without your participation can't make an impact without all of us doing our own part, using our own gifts. Again, nobody's gift is greater than the other. That's why we need yours. Um, something I forgot to add into my sermon notes here, but I think it's important to say, your gifts are going to change. What you're good at, what we're good at, that could look different in 10 years. And so in 10 years, you're going to have to have the Holy Spirit look at you again. We're all going to have to have the Holy Spirit look at us and say, hey, you were once good at that thing, but your time in that thing is done, so now let's find a new thing. Your gifts are different now. Where you're at in life is different now, so now I can use you in different ways. We cannot, I already said that, but I'll say it again. We cannot thrive without you, and frankly, you can't thrive without the church. Because to be alone is not good. You can't be a solo Christian. We're not designed that way. Um, if we were, then God would have made it so that we had every gift that we needed, right? We all had all of the gifts, and therefore, I don't, I don't need you. That's what it would be like, and that's not true. We need each other. So this week, we're going to allow, or I'm, I'm going to encourage you to allow the Holy Spirit to look at you. Look within you. Discover who you are. What are your gifts? What are your, you good at? Um, what areas need to be strengthened, and what areas might you need to back away from? Allow that sober judgment encounter to happen, because it is worth it. Um, but with that, seek God for your gifts. What are my gifts, God? What do you need me to do? What do you want me to do within your church as a whole? Um, again, there are various ways that you guys, it's already set up that you can participate in in the church. I've given them to you. I'm not going to go over them again. But you might be saying, well, I don't fit any of those categories. And if you don't, this is where your creativity comes in. If your gifts don't fit into the list of seven things, Get creative. 
Figure out what am I good at? God, what am I good at? What do you want me to do? That's not there, so how do I get that there? How do I use my gift in the church then? Um, if you need a little, one thing I forgot to mention, if you need a little inspiration, there's a whole board out there called Serve, and there's these things on there. This one I just happened to grab as a Wednesday night teacher for the kids who come running in and screaming at 6.15 every night because they're excited to learn about Jesus. So if you're gifted in that and something you want to do, do it. There's more. There's like 10 other things out there. The whole point of this today is let the Holy Spirit tell you who you are. Let the Holy Spirit give you your gifts. And once you've got those gifts, use them. Let's pray. God, we come to you today, a people blessed with gifts that come only from you. We ask that you search us and try us so that we can become the people and the church that you have created us to be. Through your examination, show us the the scene, show us what it is that we need to get rid of and help us to find our identity in you. Reveal our gifts and talents that you've given us and allow us to use those gifts every day. Allow us to use those gifts to further your kingdom and your church here in Battle Creek and in in the area surrounding it. May we remember that we are not alone. We are one body, interdependent on each other. May we lean into each other's gifts and support one another as we give to the church. We pray this in your name. Amen.